0: Okay, here we go. We're going live in 3, two, 1. Grab your mason jars. Strap on that apron. It's time for Canning with the Diva. Making her mark across the globe. Teaching you how to safely preserve delicious recipes. Please welcome your host, Diane Devereaux. The Canning Diva. Hi, everyone. It's Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva, and I am so happy to be back in the studio. It has been a very busy canning season. And for those of you who follow me on social media, I'm sure you saw where I was last week, which was Tennessee. I had the absolute pleasure of canning with Carrie Underwood and her friends. And it truly was an amazing experience. We focused on all things pressure canning. And I'm not kidding, those ladies worked their butts off. I mean, we started early in the morning, and we didn't stop until the evening. And we are just, um, you know, cranking it out. We're pressure canning. We had two huge 23-quart stovetop Presto pressure canners going. And Actually, I take that back. We had three. We had three going. And um, I'm telling you what, it was just an amazing experience. Sorry for the uh, noise in the background. But um, it was it was a pleasure to see and meet Carrie Underwood. But honestly, what was more pleasing was to see her desire to truly learn how to preserve her garden harvest by way of pressure canning. And I mean, all the ladies took it serious. They showed up with notepads and pens. Uh, they have copies of my book, The Complete Guide to Pressure Canning, and were making notes in the margins. I mean, it was it was real hands-on learning, and I'm, I was just so happy to to be a part of the experience. Today, we want to focus on digital pressure canning. As you follow me and engage with me on social media, you are definitely seeing that I am using my digital Presto pressure canner like daily. Right. And so I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of people wanting to know which model it is, um, how it works, because sadly there's a lot of misinformation out there and people are getting, sidetracked. And there's even, you know, misinformation and a, and a bunch of ridiculousness, if you ask me, regarding its safety uh, for using it. So I wanted to focus today on, you know, squashing some of those misnomers. I wanted to share with you my two years of successfully using this canner and then give you some information on just digital pressure canning uh, itself because there are some other models out there that have been working well for folks and um, I just want to make sure that you have the knowledge needed because I'm telling you while I'll never fully get away from using the stovetop versions because those those have a place in my food preservation arsenal, um, this really has allowed me to integrate canning on a daily basis. I mean this this pressure canner never leaves my countertop and I want those of you who have either been on the fence of buying one um, have one in your shopping cart and you know you're just you're just waiting to pull the trigger or it's on its way because you've ordered it um, or those of you who have purchased it but you're still not sure I want today's segment to just focus solely on squashing the fear, and giving you the information you need so that you can be successful and integrate pressure canning into your everyday lives. Okay, so you heard me mention the Presto, right? It's called the Presto Precise. It's a digital pressure canner and it was created to process low acid foods. See, sadly, in the past years, we have seen a lot of canners out there saying it's safe for canning but they don't tell you what type of canning until you buy it. Open the box, grab that manual and look in the fine print. And it's only for water bathing. So where a lot of individuals have gotten steered wrong is they then assume there's nothing out there for digital. Now, in my book, the complete guide to pressure canning. When I wrote that a few years back, there really wasn't something that we could sink our teeth into for low acid foods. So, I made it very clear to check the manuals, dig deeper before you purchase because those that are out there, they were few. And at the time there was the Nesco, uh, the carry, and that was the only electric canner um, that would allow you to pressure can low acid foods. And as amazing as it was, it was very, very limiting with regards to how much you could actually can. You know, you can fit what three quarts in there and maybe four pints. And for those of us who are just working hard and cranking it out, you know, that's a lot of work and time to yield such a small amount. So that's why many of us, you know, um, focused on the stovetop versions. Now, when Presto came out with this canner, we were all elated. And it took a while because there was a point in time where I was going to focus on writing uh, a book specific to digital pressure canning. And we just kept waiting for the launch and waiting for the launch. And it almost took an additional nine to 10 months before it finally hit the market. And yes, of course, I was the first in line. (laughs) I bought mine and was so excited. If you look back in the history of my Facebook and Instagram posts, you will see the cutest picture of my puppy and our little kitty cat. It was perfect. They were sitting in front of the box when it arrived and both of them simultaneously licked their chops and i caught it on camera and it was just so cool because it looks like they were like excited mom's going to be making some food in this thing it was it was so cool and um yes i have been using this uh pressure canner for the last well over 2 years really and i i have to tell you it is it's amazing So I know there's some homesteaders out there. I know there's some individuals and canning groups out there that are all just poo-pooing all over this thing. And I'm telling you, number one, National Presto wouldn't put out a product that uh, wasn't safe and uh, on the market for over two years um, if if they didn't know what they were doing. You've got to remember National Presto was the American pressure canning maker. I mean, they made those canners back in the early 1900s, that's how long they've been around. They have they have the art and science and math of pressure canning down to a T. And we are very blessed that we have somebody with this with this knowledge. You know there's a lot of a, a, amazing uh, pressure canning companies out there like American, the All-American brand. Okay, they're awesome. And, and they've been around for a while too. But when when the transition switched over to a digital pressure canner, Some individuals kind of lost their minds like, oh, my gosh, we can't be doing this. And, um, you know, that saddens me as as a person, as a canner, as the canning diva, because I feel that so many just kind of dig their heels in and and just refuse to accept that we we can move forward. We there's innovations are constantly happening. And, you know, yes, we're going to we're going to work from past knowledge. But moving forward is what we should be applauding. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be afraid of it. Uh, we shouldn't be naysaying it. And if it's working, you know, we should be applauding it. I mean, come on, folks. But you know, there are some out there who say they have tested it themselves, and um, you know, it's just it doesn't work right. It doesn't get it doesn't get the food hot enough, or this, that, or the other. Okay unless you are working within a controlled environment, using apparatuses that are of an industry standard, um, I really find it fascinating and a little humorous to see them challenging a major corporation such as Presto National or National Presto. Um, I mean, I think it's cool that we see individuals interested and wanting to use the the knowledge that they they either possess or believe they possess. Um, but I, I just think it's it's also a waste of time when you have individuals even such as myself across you know America using this digital pressure canner with great success. And we're putting up food left, right, and center that we're eating and consuming. I mean, I, like I said, I'm one of the first ones to have this canner. And we've been eating this food now that I've used uh, or canned with this canner for for years. And, um, you know, I just want anyone who's listening, all of my listeners tuning in, those of you who have subscribed, you know you know, my biggest platform is preparedness, not fear. And I, I just fear can be such a a manipulative controlling mechanism. And I just don't want those of you who are seeing these things in other groups, especially online, online, online is the big platform, right? Social media and, and be swayed from making a decision that could truly benefit your family. Now, just like anything that has digital components and you know, we get it, things will break. Um, maybe something becomes faulty, but that's what the manufacturer stands behind and they, that's why they have parts. That's why they have a customer service department. So you know, you know, yes, just like a vehicle, you know, the more more cool bells and whistles we have in there, the more things that break, you know how that goes. <laughs> but I mean, that's life, right? All in all, we are seeing that it is functioning phenomenally. It is safely processing low-acid foods, and it is really awesome to see how they took the guidelines, right, given to us by the USDA, and they properly put forth a a vessel that will preserve meat, uh, poultry, fish, vegetables, any low-acid food, beans, I mean, you name it. I've even used it for high-acid foods, like when I did my um, pineapple chunks. I used the digital pressure canner because pineapples went on sale in February and I just went hog wild because I knew that that was the best way for me to, you know, save money, not have to buy the commercially, you know, preserved pineapple in a a tin can and or aluminum can, excuse me. And, um, you know, I just I did I think I did three days worth. I was I was literally just running that Presto digital canner. Uh, Daily and um, some of the, um, again, misinformation out there I'd like to squash is that you have to start monkeying with a recipe and change up the processing times, and that is completely false. That actually could cause you to mess something up unintentionally or, you know, thinking you're, you're doing something, you know, uh, good for your family or saving yourself some time that could really cause some harm. Because if you start playing with the recipe times and temperatures, and then you start manipulating the digital canner, you could actually wind up with some rotted food in your pantry. And I'd hate to see that happen to any of us because you know how hard we work, right? You grow it, you 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 preserve it, and then what? you listen to the wrong person on on you know social media <clears throat> and then all of that food goes to waste presto precise digital pressure canners specifically states that they have precision temperature control that there is a temperature sensor automatically in the vessel that holds the exact temperature required for safe pressure canning and no adjustments are required even for altitude now, how do they do this? It's because with altitude being a factor and them not knowing how far and wide these canners are going to circulate, the best way to accomplish pressure canning in a digital situation such as this without having to make adjustments is to process everything at 15 PSI. See, the the three pillars of canning that I have talked about in, in various podcasts, it's on my website at canningdiva.com. The three main pillars of canning is Time, temperature, and acidic value. And they all interweave and work hand in hand. And without the presence of acid, we then rely on time and temperature. Well, PSI is temperature. So the hotter it gets, right, the safer the food. So this is brilliant. This allows us, with no adjustments required, not even for altitude, to safely pressure can food in jars without adjusting a single thing. We don't, have to, we don't have to mess with the recipe. So let's say, for instance, somebody like myself, I, I don't live in a high elevated area. My um, guide, you know, the standard is, you know, a 10 PSI for a weighted gauge or 11 PSI for a dial gauge canner. We know this when it comes to the stovetop. Is it going to harm my food if it goes hotter? No, the food's not going to be harmed at all. Now, if I was using a stovetop canner, and I allowed it to get to 15 psi. That pressure canner is going to start to really react, right? That that weighted gauge is going to start to rock really fast. You know, things are going to get really active in there. That dial gauge, you know, if I start getting above, you know, 15, 20 psi, it's not a it's not going to harm the food. It becomes a safety issue. Using a digital pressure canner at 15 psi consistently is genius. For those of you that are tuning in, siphoning, the word siphoning, you're nodding your head, you're going, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I deal with that all the time. Why do we deal with that on the stovetop? We deal with that on the stovetop because we have vast temperature swings the moment that PSI increases. So using me as an example again, with my dial gauge Presto pressure canner that is on the stovetop, my recipes are required to process at 11 PSI. So what happens when I start getting upwards of 15? And then I run to the stove and I turn the burner down so that it goes back between, you know, 11 and 13 is, 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 is more than adequate. And if I do it drastically, what happens? That liquid in the jar siphons out because what I'm doing is I'm creating a vacuum from the vast temperature swings within the vessel, you know, 11 PSI to 15 PSI and back again to 12 and back up, you know what I mean? Down, up, forward. It is, it is what causes the siphoning because why we do not have a precise temperature what we're doing is we're keeping the temperature within a range that is safe and suitable for pressure canning low-acid foods. With the digital pressure canner, because of that precision and that constant temp, we don't have to worry about siphoning until we started learning. Thicker things begin to really bubble up when you're in a lower elevation. So just recently, if you're following me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you can find me at Canning Diva. Just go to your your favorite social media, type in Canning Diva, you'll see me. I just created a little video to help you understand how we can avoid siphoning when we're making things like sauces, uh, stews, anything that's a tad bit thicker, um, that has a lot of volume in that in that jar. What we're learning is we're not adjusting the time or the temperature. We have to rely on that. What we're adjusting is the headspace. There's nothing wrong when pressure canning to give yourself what's called a generous inch of headspace. What that means is adding an additional quarter inch below the one inch mark on the headspace measuring tool. Now, I wish somebody would come out with a one and a quarter (laughs) inch measuring tool, you know, the headspace measuring tool, because what happens is is we're left to eyeball that last quarter inch, which is fine. We've been doing it for for generations. It's okay. Um, But when molecules get hot, they need room to expand. If we don't give them enough room in the jar, it's got to go somewhere, folks. So... Those of you like me who are in low elevation and are using the digital Presto pressure canner, give yourself some grace by adding just a little bit more of headspace in each jar when you're canning something thick, okay? And when I say thick, uh, you know, it's, it's stews. Stews are usually a lot thicker. Sauces, like the spaghetti sauce, I've done, let's see, I'm upwards, uh, I've got two bushels done now. I still have about four more to go. (laughs) I have a lot of sauce I make because I share it with my mom and my sister. And we eat a lot of red sauces with a variety of different meals we create throughout the winter. Um, So give yourself some grace, add that additional headspace, but do not adjust the processing time. If your recipe says, process your quart jars for 70 minutes, You still do that no matter how high in the mountain you live or how low in the valley. You do not adjust the time within the recipe. Just give yourself some grace within that headspace and you're going to see siphoning come to a halt. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit more now. When it comes to um, using the digital pressure canner, I want to talk about... I want to talk a little bit more about how it operates. You know, preheating, there's a warm up, there's a lot of different features. And what I'm learning is I'm not poo pooing the product by any means, but I don't use some of them. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. You know, my jars, I warm up either in the sink or in the dishwasher prior to filling them. I don't need the vessel to do the jar warming. They do offer that, which is wonderful. Um, because it's a preheat feature, so it keeps them hot until you fill them but, um, I, I have just, you know, we all get in our flow, right? We have our little assembly lines we create within our kitchen. And so those things I'm not deviating from, however, just know that it is available. So for those of you doing, you know, the small batches or you're keeping, you're keeping your, um, canner on the countertop like I do, and you're just every day making this a part of your, your life. Um, you may preheat those jars within the canner, not a problem. Even though this does double as a boiling water canner, it's a separate feature. If you turn the knob, you're going to see the, the area light up that says uh, boiling water canner. So it's, it doesn't say water bathing. I'm not sure why. That is how you focus solely on water bathing those precious things like strawberries and pickles. It is imperative that you make sure you do not keep it in pressure canning mode because you're going to be upwards of 15 PSI. With the precise control of the water bathing side of things, okay, you are going to now see the canner drop down in temperature so that it's at the 212, okay, 212 degrees. That's what we do in water bathing. That's why we say full rolling boil, right? That way we know it's hot and now it's purposely keeping everything at the water bathing temperature. See, the reason I focus so solely on pressure canning is because this has just opened the doors and as I as I titled this podcast it's like the it's like the future of of pressure canning. I don't really see it as a water bather. And that's probably my own personal preference. Does it water bathe? Absolutely. But for the cost Would I go out and spend $350 on a digital pressure canner so that I could water bathe? Nah, I just think it's a really cool feature to have. I really, really do. Especially for somebody like me who moved into a home with an electric stove that I can't get my large, I have a huge canner uh, for water bathing. I can't get it hot enough to boil. So, you know, I have to use my camping stove. That feature is definitely suitable. However, when I water bathe and pressure can, of course, I really want to crank out those jars. And if I only have to boil something for 10 minutes, I want to get as many jars done as quickly as possible. Some of the, I won't, I hate using the term con because it's not a negative with the digital pressure canner, but some of the features that aren't so intriguing are things like the water bathing side of it, because we still have to wait for the vessel to cool down so what would take ten minutes on the stovetop is going to take twenty or more in the digital pressure canner. You know, when you're dealing with, um, you know, a closed lid and 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 extreme heat, um, it's not like the stovetop. It's not a negative necessarily. It's just one of those factors where, okay, how am I really using this? So I think it's really cool that Presto gave us the ability to still water bathe. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I have, I've never used it as a water bather. I just haven't. I just, um, I focus more on the pressure canning because that is where my sustenance comes from. That is where my meals in a jar come from. My soups, my stews, my sauces. I'm, it's just, it's just a beautiful vessel, uh, canner that allows me to, you know, even, even preserve those leftovers. Now I know for, you know, liability reasons in their manual, they say, don't, don't can your leftovers because they really want you to be safe when you're using your recipes. And so they want to remove themselves from that liability because they're just creating the apparatus. They want you to know what you're doing in the kitchen when you're using it. And because many of us do know what we're doing, you know, if I make a batch of chili and I heat it up and I feed my family with it that evening, everything else that didn't get ate, is going in a jar and getting popped in that canner. <laughs> because the beautiful thing, going back to how it works, is once you work it through its cycles and you get it to the canning portion, where now it's just going to focus on processing, you get to walk away from it. This thing will do it all on its own because of the precision temperature control. And you can, you can even go to bed if you need to And so that, that old um, saying, you know, I can't remember the, I can't remember the guy's name, the chef who made the, um, who made himself famous. I think it may have even been on QVC, you know, the set it and forget it. That truly is what's happening here with, you know, the pressure canning side of things. So forgive me when I, I focus solely on pressure canning. Yes, this is a water bather, but truly this is a digital pressure canner. That's how they market it. That's their focus. And that's the majority of of us using it is is definitely for that pressure canning. Um, Some of the, we'll we'll go through these really quickly here. Some of the um, steps, if you will, as you work your way through the use of it, it's a very simple, very, very simple thing to use. There's either a cancel button, an advance button, meaning it's getting you to the next stage, right? And a control knob. So once everything's warmed up, this is the part that I usually skip because it's going to beep twice and say, fill your jars. So what it wants you to do is remove everything, fill it up, and close it again. That is a, a, kind of like an unnecessary step, if you ask me, because if I've already got the hot jars going, I've got them filled, I've got lids and rings on, I put them in the canner, I am blowing right past the insert jars, I'm blowing past uh, warm-up when it's done, of course, and then I'm blowing past fill jars because they're already full. So I want to go from warming everything straight to let's get let's get canning. Let's get processing. And so that next area is going to be just like we would on the stovetop. It's going to be venting, right? Because it does have to vent. It's going to be heating everything. Then when it gets to the canning portion, it's going to beep. And then this little light's going to come on that says put regulator on. So just like we would. On a stovetop, we have a gauge, a weighted gauge. It looks funky. It has a totally different purpose. This is created differently and specifically for the digital pressure canner. We pop that on and we make sure that it's placed, the the knob is placed in the position that says can. And it it frees up our time. So even if we have the canner going, the digital one, we can turn around and start getting a stovetop canner going. We can get a water bather going. We really can maximize our time in the kitchen. And that I, I love that. Um, and then, of course, it's going to cool down, right? And then it's going to do a little uh, checkbox when it's done. And you know, the funny part is, is I, as, a, as an educator, I've been telling everybody for years, after you take the lid off of your stovetop canner, let your jars kind of just sit there and kind of cool down a bit. That's what this digital canner is doing because again, we know those molecules are active. We do not want to siphon anything out of the jar and we definitely don't want to get any food onto the jar rim by lifting the jars out prematurely. So Presto really thought of everything. They really did. Even the things that we may not use, right? Like the jar warming or the, the fill jar. I mean, we're going to go right from jars are filled. Let's get cooking, right? Or canning. (laughs) So, one beautiful thing about the internet is we have a lot of information at our disposal. So if at any time you want to go and just review what this is this you know uh, digital canner is all about, you can go to it's called Go presto, presto dot com. Click on the the canning menu, and then you'll see where um, they have the link for electric pressure canners. And then the Presto Precise Digital Pressure Canner is the model you're looking for. If you're on Amazon looking, make sure it's stock number 02144 or model number 02144. They sell a lot of different pressure cookers that look very similar. And I just don't want you to, to, to stumble upon the wrong one and purchase a cooker that is not meant for safely processing low acid foods in jars. Um, If you do, I'm going to click over there while we're talking about, if you do go to Amazon, it's titled the 12 quart electric pressure canner. And when I search for it for people, I do type in there 02144 and it comes right up. Um, It is the 12 quart model. It's black and stainless steel. And let's see here. Okay, so it gives everything you need about the item. If you scroll down, oh, look at Amazon. God bless them. They they paired my book, The Complete Guide to Pressure Canning, right with the canner. So see, you can get everything all at once. A couple flat racks, my book, and the canner. Bada bing, bada boom. And it looks like the total price for that is $372.96. Nice. All right, but keep scrolling down because what I appreciate... Is how good they gave uh, the manufacturer gave the information to keep it sweet simple. They have beautiful images so that you know exactly what you're getting and what you're able to do. They even have um, a, a diagram showing you the variety of of components and the simplicity of it. Like I said, there's a cancel button, an advance button, and a control knob. It's super simple to use. If you um, want to dive deeper, those of you that have more more technical needs, like you want to you want to get down and dirty, they have on gopresto.com when you find the 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 digital presto precise pressure canner, they have some links. If you scroll down, they allow you to quickly download what they call the quick start guide. So it gives you the step-by-step pressure canning method and then they do have a second page that talks about the boiling water canning method. Everything still follows that same sequence. You're just going to advance it through each step. Then it's going to cool down and when it's done, it'll give you the check mark and then you can take the lid off and uh, place your your water bathed things um, out to to cool and seal. Again, you know, I I often forget it's a water bather too, because I just don't, my brain just doesn't see it that way. Um, but it is, it is. Okay. So some of the questions that you all have been asking me is, you know, what is the model number? I want to make sure I get the right one. Tell me a little bit about it. How hard is it to use? So I've answered those things, but the biggest question I get and, and kind of there's some, some, you know, um, conflicting information out there, is tell me how many it holds, right? How many jars? Because some of you are going to make your buying decision based on how much you can either crank out or maybe you just want a small batch can. So you just want to know like, okay, is it too many jars? Is it is it overwhelming? All right, let me give you the answer to that. Now, just like a stovetop version, it's going to have a canning rack. All right, so everything's going to come set on that canning rack. Um, it's got to hold it off of the heat source, just like a stovetop version. And if you wanted to use a regular mouth mason jar, okay, it's going to hold just with the regular mouth, it's going to hold 10 half pints. It'll hold eight pint jars. And with the regular mouth mason jars, it'll hold five quarts. Okay. And, um, that's the same for, um, when you're boiling boiling water canning, I I can't say it in their terms. It's water bathing. When you're using it as a water bather, however, you cannot can in quartz. Okay. Um, what they still want you to do is fill the vessel and treat it like a water bather and cover everything. Okay, because they're going to get everything in there, 212 degrees. But they they are going to bring it to a boil. So it does it does cross over. Um, so you're not able giving the height of it to cover the quartz with enough water. So you can only water bathe in half pints and pints, which again, kind of defeats that purpose. Again, I'm not trashing the the product or the brand. I just, um, I think it was a nice little added um, value. But yeah, if I want to can some salsa, I'm doing it in (laughs) quarts. So it's stovetop it is. All right. Now, if you're using the wide mouth jars, right this gets a bit trickier because you 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 fit less now i still managed to get um let me think here five quarts i could only get seven pints and i have not obviously seen a wide mouth half pint really that aren't the short squatty ones and i don't use those for pressure canning um much I use the traditional regular mouth half pints. And I I do use that for pressure canning when I'm doing like mirepoix or if I just want to dice up some onions and celery um, because I cook with that. Oh, onion, celery, and garlic. Don't forget the garlic. I like it in the smaller half pints because that's about what I need to create a a recipe on my stovetop. So I will pressure can in that. And I have been able to double stack, which is nice, Um, but... Um, for those of you that, you know, you're new to canning, you just want to start with some simple recipes. Just know that you can fit a decent amount in here. It's quite different than um, the carry and the, the Nesco canner. That um, fits less. And like I said, it's it's to each their own. I have found a way to integrate this into my everyday life. Some of you have been I mean, so excited with the easeability of this canner that you've par- purchased too. And, you know, I, I'll, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm getting to a point where I might do the same, but, um, you know, I, I downsized my house. Everything's a little bit smaller. So it's like, okay, calm down, Diane. <laughs> calm down there, diva. You only have so much space. So I'm probably just going to stick with what I've got. Um, but again, that that's the whole point of making it a part of, you know, my everyday life and keeping it on my my countertop means that you know I can I can be doing something daily. And once I once I hit that button to the point of processing, I can go grocery shopping and leave it, you know, on the counter. You know, I've I've done that. I've picked my daughter up from school while that thing is processing. So I hope I've given you some insight. Yes, I see this thing as a pressure canner, not a water bather. So you're gonna you're gonna hear me say that a lot. And okay, yes, technically it can water bathe, but I really see this as an advancement in the future of canning uh, low-acid foods. And um, that that truly has been my focus when I use it and talk about it. All right, as always, I want your questions. I wanna know how I can craft my podcast to give you what you need so that you have a wonderful pantry full of a variety of different foods whether it's dehydrated, canned, uh, dry storage. Even those of you that are freeze drying out there, I just want to make sure that I'm giving you what you need as the canning diva. I also need to talk a moment here about my friends over at Panita. Panita and I started working together, um, Andy, the owner, and I was very impressed with his canning supply starter kit. He created a home canning kit full of utensils, that we can use, uh, in our canning arsenal. Now, many of us that are new to canning, all right, some of you have never done this before. You get overwhelmed when you go to the grocery store. You get overwhelmed when you go online, like, oh my gosh, what do I really need? The Panita Home Canning Kit gives you everything. It's 40 pieces. They even give you labels. I actually applauded Andy for including, a uh, teaspoon um, set that has an eighth of a teaspoon. And the reason I got excited is those of you who like to cut a recipe in half, it's very difficult when you start getting down to some of these numbers. Like, how do I, how do I measure if I only have a quarter teaspoon? Well, they, he included an eighth, which is fascinating. Um, so you even get some measuring cups. You definitely get your handy ladle. And your headspace measuring tool, that is huge, folks. I'm telling you, if there's one tool out of that entire 40-piece kit that I need you to have in your kitchen, it's the headspace measuring tool. It also doubles as a bubble releaser, so definitely need that. Um, And, of course, a jar grabbing. It's a jar grabber, a jar grabbing tool. Um, I use my silicone OrcaMits, but I will often use the jar grabber If I've got, you know, multiple people in the kitchen and I'm using the gloves and okay, you can't touch that hot, hot stuff. The jar grabber is quick. It's efficient. It's easy. And what I like best is it's in black. So it blends with whatever your kitchen uh, decor is not to mention, you know, my logo is hot pink, but I use black, white, and gray. So I was like, oh, it's black. I love it. And then the the Denali lids that I sell their their marketing is also incorporating the black color. I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like we're, it's like we're blending. Uh, but it's it's a real sexy black. And I, I do love the fact that um, it'll work with any decor. You know, and I, again, I have, I have so many kits. I have, probably, you know, 10 funnels because, you know, I don't always have time to do dishes if my sink is occupied. So if I'm working on multiple recipes, I got to grab, I got to, got to grab clean stuff. You know what I mean? So it's okay to have multiples of these on hand, especially if you're like me and you're working through bushels of tomatoes or bushels of vegetables and you make canning a part of your, um, you know, everyday life. You know, sometimes that dishwasher is full, and you know I, I haven't ran it yet, and I need something clean. So definitely consider heading over to Amazon. I want you to take a peek at the uh, Panida home canning kit. Uh, they do a lot of specials right now. They have a coupon; you get an extra five percent off if you apply the coupon. And for those of you tuning in, if you go to the description in my podcast, I have a link. So that way you can get added benefits. So definitely click on that link and head over to Amazon and pick up their home canning kit. All right, everyone, I'm going to wrap it up for today. Uh, if, if today's podcast stirred more questions, uh, send them to me at dianeatcanningdiva.com. And be sure to follow me on social media, whether that be Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, of course, and Twitter. And then, of course, those of you uh, business professionals that love uh, using LinkedIn, I'm I'm there as well. Until next time, guys, happy canning. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Canning with the Diva. For tips, recipes, and techniques, please visit us online at canningdiva.com.